Women Taking the Lead, Episode 12. You know, I, I don't want people to think, oh, it's a superficial thing. It's about how much you spend on clothes. It's not. If everyone thinks how they feel when they wear something good. Cost aside, just when you put on something that you feel great in, you can achieve so much more in your day. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Kelly Lundberg, who is a renowned entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author who has built her cutting-edge empire from the fabulous world of fashion styling. Kelly has two books and a successful iTunes application under her Hermes belt, as well as a thriving business, which she now manages on a day-to-day basis along with her Fashion Forward team. And her latest book, Kelly shares her seven-step styling formula to launch and grow your styling business. Kelly, that's just a teaser for everyone. So tell us more about you and where you came from. Well, thank you very much for inviting me to be part of your show and congratulations. I think it's a a great uh, niche to focus on women and just kind of really getting out there and and achieving, you know, what it is you really want. Life is short. So um, a little bit about myself. I'm originally from Edinburgh in Scotland and I moved to the Middle East, uh, Dubai in particular, now 12 years ago. So that's been my home. And I came as a a bushy-tailed little air stewardess who um, wanted to see the world and um, becoming cabin crew with Emirates Airline kind of really gave me that platform. The base was um, here in Dubai. Um, it was, it's the main hub and it was really the opportunity to travel the world, see places. I have to be really honest, I'm not your backpacking type. So that was the most glamorous way, I guess you could say, of traveling the world and seeing opportunities and having cheap holidays and and doing all that sort of thing. So it was a a great, um, a great couple of years. um, And it was throughout that time as I kind of chatted away to passengers and just really saw other people in Dubai uh, launch their own business. So um, I would chat to passengers and tell them where to go in Dubai in terms of shopping, what was a, a great deal, where would they get good diamonds, gold, that sort of thing. And it sort of planted a little seed of, wow, it'd be great if I could actually be paid to do this as a living. And then combine that with the sort of the entrepreneurial spirit Dubai has. And that spirit really um, stems back to, you know, even His Royal Highness and the whole vision about Dubai in general that, you know, 50 years Dubai was nothing. Even 30 years ago, there was very little um, in Dubai. And um, it's like, well, Highness had, um, you know, this vision to create a city um, that was not just built on oil. They knew that Dubai in particular, the oil wouldn't last forever. Um, How can we build um, something else that keeps attracting people here? So the entrepreneurial spirit deep within, I think, everyone that kind of comes here and sees the opportunities and um, and decides, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And that was kind of what I did at 24 and launched the Middle East first personal shopping and styling service. So, 
Wow, so young. So clearly you've had success in your life and you've definitely gained some confidence. But take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us that story and the lessons you learned. Well, I would say, um, certainly it made me smile when you said young, and I would say <laughs> naive as well. And, and I kind of believe that naivety does actually help a little bit because I think if you think about things too much, it be, it can become overwhelming. So, you know, I had this... Um, you know, big goal of having a personal shopping and styling agency um, from day dot. And I never wanted to call it my own name. I always had imagined it as a, as a big agency, as an international agency. Um, and, you know, although that was always the goal, if I actually thought how I was going to get to that point, I would have been so overwhelmed. But so naivety did help in that respect. Um, but to think back to certainly um, opportunities or, or ideas or a time maybe when it wasn't so easy. I mean, I would say, you know, it still happens now. But, you know, in the early days, maybe a couple of the, the challenges that I had was whilst on one hand, Dubai was great for the opportunities that it presented itself because there was a lot of things that weren't here. I was also forging the way, so to speak, because what I uh, was doing hadn't been done. So there was a lot of, um, you know, convincing people that this service would really work, you know, and that's when you've got to have tremendous self-belief because someone told me early days, it was, if you don't believe that this is going to work, then you'll never be able to convince anyone else. And when you're talking to a bank, um, you know, 10 years ago about, you know, you're wanting to set a personal shopping and styling agency and the chaps looking at you going, mm-hmm. I don't understand what you mean by this, you know, right. um, the whole sort of, you've really got to have that conviction in yourself um, and I really think that played a huge part in, you know, eventually getting to where I am now, because if I hadn't believed I wouldn't have done it, there was a lot of people that were saying, I just don't get it, or that's never going to work, or I can't understand why someone would want to utilize the services. I mean, I have to say, um, I was in a predominantly male market, so that's maybe why they didn't see the idea um, in the way that I did. But there wasn't networking groups like there are now. There wasn't support groups or, you know, just an environment where women supported women. Um, so, you know, I think there were some really tough challenges there, you know, and even to getting finance, you know, um, I traveled the world, as I said, I didn't, you know, cabin crew is not a great paying job. You do it for the lifestyle. And I certainly hadn't um, saved my way around the world. I'd more probably appropriately put it, I shopped my way around the world. So I didn't um, have savings. So that was also a challenge. And, you know, convincing the bank that to get a loan in the Middle East as an expat, I mean, that was just, it just wasn't an option. So I told um, a little, uh, a little white lie. And, and as I approached the, the bank for a car loan, um, I told the bank manager I would be using that and he questioned me and I stupidly didn't even think, oh, what uh, what kind of car? He said to me, uh, are you going to be buying? And I was like, um, um, and I told him that I was buying a Porsche. <laughs> and he told me that um, 
that I had great taste. <laughs> and within three days, the funds for the car loan were in my bank account. And that was what I used to start my business. So um, I'm kind of deviated a little bit from the question there. But you know, I it's back to that self belief, I knew I was going to start the business, I just didn't know how I was going to fund it. And a way presented itself. So how did you maintain I don't even know what to call it, the chutzpah, the, you know, to keep going. You you were in an environment that was not going to readily support you in starting your business. And I don't know how much time it took till you really felt like you got some traction and things were going your way. But how did you keep your energy up and keep going? It's a really good point. And sometimes, you know, I, I wished I had kept a diary at the time because, you know, it's very, it's a little bit hazy now when I think back and I think... Oh, really, how did I do it? Um, and I would say I was lucky in the re- in the respect that I had a good friend who actually put me up um, for the first couple of months and didn't charge me any money in terms of rent, because um, you know Dubai is an expensive place to live. So I had the support in terms of initially you know, um, I didn't have to think about my rent for the first few months, but that was only for a couple of months. I would say um, I was inspired by a lot of other people um, that were starting their business at the same time. And I kind of had this attitude and I was like, well, if they can do it, why can't I? And, you know, and I I really believe that, you know, that um, there was other people that had lesser resources than I did, um, a different education, you know, lots of other things that you know, I didn't have, and they were doing really well. And it kind of, I would say, inspired me because I've learned that I work really well when someone tells me I can't do something. I'm like, hmm, well, let me <laughs> just show you that I can do it and I can do it really well. So I think maybe there was an element of that in it. I really like to prove people wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know if that's good. I think there's lots of women out there that do like to I don't know it's just this thing I like to say do you know what see there you go I told you I could do it and I could do it better so I think there was an element of that if I think back to it um you know but that has been me even from you know school days and the school Mm -hmm. teacher had said to me you know you can't sit higher English or you can't do this and I'm like "Mm, just watch me I'll do it so I would maybe say that would work and I think for women listening or, or men even that's a really powerful tool, um, whether it's, and I don't know if there's an actual phrase for it, reverse psychology or mm-hmm. what if there's something else, but you, I think you need that, you need that anchor in you, whether it's a burning desire to prove someone wrong or prove it to yourself or to do something. I think once you have that powerful anchor desire, you'll keep going. Now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Oh, wow. Um, there's been a few wake-up calls. Um, I'll maybe talk about one that's maybe more recent because, you know, I think if you're not still learning throughout your your journey um, and you, you, you kind of stop learning, I think you stop going. And I think certainly one um, at the moment is that I'm coming up for 10 this year, that the business is 10 years. And although, you know, from the outset, we've done, 
you know, really, really well and we've achieved things. There's so much more I want to do. And I really think this sort of wake up call of being, do you know what? I've reached a point now, it's 10 years. I really want to achieve X, Y, and Z. It's kind of nearly put, um, like it's even taken it to another another level, another degree, another another step because I've looked around at potentially other businesses that have been 10 years and I'm thinking they're they're doing this and they've managed to do this and they've got international exposure at this or you know so I really think that we're 10 years in September this year and it's really pushed me to achieve um one goal for example is that I want my own studio and that's been a, a long a long-term dream of having a, a headquarters for the agency that we can do workshops out of um, and have a base. And although it's great to work from home, which I really enjoy, um, I just felt that it was time to notch it up a level. And that's been a huge wake-up call. And it's like, why did I wait till 10 years? You know, <laughs> Because that goal is coming to fruition. And it's just that stretching the mind. You know, it's like, well, I can actually do that. Those resources are there. Someone can help me with that. This can be done. And there you have it. So I would say 10 years, that milestone. And, and for other people, the milestone might be the first year in business. It might be three years. It might be a particular birthday. It might be something. But that's why I think it's really important to, to, you know, to keep looking at what it is that you want to achieve, why you want to achieve it, and, and making sure that you get there. Mm, I love this topic because milestones, because time is made up. It's a man-made thing, but we apply so much meaning to it. And when we hit those milestones, those birthdays, those anniversaries, years in business, they can get us fired up and spur us on to continue to do more or to change how we're living our life. I just um, turned 40 back in November. And I remember the months leading up to it and I did not dread it at all. Cause most of the women in my life had turned 40 already. So it was just like, I was joining a club. That's how it felt for yeah. me. But in the months leading up to it, I really took a look at how was I living my life? Where, where was I? Where was I, where I wanted to be? What more did I want to do? And I've noticed those things happening in my business as well, that when I hit certain markers in my business, I'm really taking a look at where is my business right now and where I want to go. And it sounds like for you, it's spurred on like, okay, I have a bigger vision. Yeah. And so I'm going for it. And do you have it kind of mapped out? You talked about a studio, but do you have like a a big vision of where you want to see your business or is it something that reveals itself to you as you grow within your business? No, absolutely. I mean, the the vision has got much clearer. And I think one of the, the, the exercises that really helped me was sort of identifying what my life purpose was and how can I achieve that sort of life purpose. And through that, um, it kind of all came together. So, you know, my life purpose is to um, inspire, empower people with a positive, a genuine attitude that they can achieve anything um, but feel good and look good at the same time. So whether that's through keynote speaking, whether that's through styling, the things that I've learned, I want to be able to share them. So what came from that was how can I do that on a bigger scale? So I can't style everyone. I can't go out and speak to everyone, you know, at one time. 
So I need to train people. And I felt um, I needed to give the option of making Style Me Divine much more international. So if I train stylists, they can then, if they're the right fit for the brand, they can then come on board Style Me Divine's um, umbrella and they can represent Style Me Divine in their city or in their, their environment or their, their, their suburb or their community, wherever they are based. That way, then, I would reach a larger audience much quicker. But in mm-hmm. order to do that, I really needed a headquarters. I really need a, 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 a base, you know. You can have a base in terms of an address. You can have a base in terms of a bedroom, a study, or, or, you know, whatever. But I'm at that point in my business where it needs to work for me now. So instead of me going out to meet people and have meetings I want it to be the other way around. I want them to come to to me to see my environment. Have a um, we do workshops twice a year in Dubai, so it's a great opportunity for anyone who wants to travel and see what it's like. We can have interns um, work shadow us. When you're working from a study or a bedroom, it's great in the beginning, but as you grow, I really feel that there needs to be that kind of, um, you need to have that hub. So once you have that hub, it's going to give me the opportunity to get out and reach other places. So, you know, the studio was coming, um, visiting the States in the summer is the, the next thing as well. And that's all part and parcel of this big vision that I have. Oh, that's exciting. I'm going to want to hear a little bit more about that in a bit. <laughs> but before we go there, what I wanted to talk about is your leadership style. We all lead differently. What I really want the audience to get is that there's no one way to lead. And sometimes we get off track when we're trying to lead like somebody else does, and it doesn't fit us and it doesn't feel good. So um, to encourage people to embrace their own brand of leadership, wanted to hear about yours. Kelly, how would you describe your leadership style? Interesting. No one's actually ever asked me that before. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, well, one of the first things um, I I always believe that there is, let's say, first thing, people are experts in their field. So let them be an expert in their field. So if I take this from a, a personal perspective at the moment, I find nothing more frustrating when people will come to me and um, they, they maybe don't listen or they don't understand they've hired me for a particular reason, but they still think they're right in what it is they want to do. So that can go down to everything. For example, my hairdresser, I say to her, she says, what would you like to do today? I'm like, you're the expert. You can do whatever you want. And I always think if they're experts in their field, let them lead and let that and let you be guided by them so with the studio for example I don't know how to um, do a floor plan and what should be where the plug socket should be I've got an idea but I will always really rely on why someone's the expert in their field so that's one of the ways that I certainly feel as I've got older, maybe more experienced, one of the things that I really watch out for. Um, But on a personal perspective with people in the team, and we were just chatting about that in in the pre-chat, I think it's really important to understand your style, understand how you are as a person. Because I think once you understand who you are, it makes it much easier to identify 
other employees that you work with, or just other people that you have relationships with in business. Um, and that goes from how they reply and sign off emails to doing meetings to 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 every aspect of business and i think it's understanding what your values are what's important to you and once you really understand you it it's amazing how much easier and quicker you can develop relationships and understand how well they can work does that make sense it makes perfect sense and i would even go a step further understanding um more about you and not apologizing for it, like right. yeah. embracing it, owning it, loving that you're different from other people um, will have you stand out and will have people want to connect with you and want to know you more. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Now, Kelly, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? I would say um, it, it would be the studio. Um, and I would say it's because it's the, the, the platform for, it's been a long-term goal and I'm actually doing it now. And, you know, proofing myself that, you know, your dream does become reality, but only you can make that reality happen. Um, I would say that's the biggest thing because it's going to be, you know, it's not just for me, it's a, it's a platform for um interns to be able to come in and see actually how a personal styling and shopping agency works and I haven't been able to do that and I really enjoy showing other people you know whether it's the running the business seeing how what it's like firsthand being a stylist from you know a 13 year old who's on work experience to someone who wants to change their career completely and wants to come in for a month in the summer holidays and see exactly what it's like but for me, a step more than that is I also want it to be a space for upcoming designers or other, you know, people that are related to what we do, whether that's makeup artists, designers that they can utilize the space to showcase to buyers or do workshops or have it as that sort of creative environment where we kind of work together. Because I really believe when I first started the business, I thought you had to do everything yourself. And that was just, you know, you made the decision to be a businesswoman or an entrepreneur, you have to do everything. And I wish someone had told me um, otherwise, because it is all about working together, because one, it's way more fun. And you learn. And, you know, back to what I'd said in the beginning, life is short. And, you know, when you start really helping people, they help you and, you know, just kind of all comes together. I love that. And that makes perfect sense because in the pre-chat, we were also talking about how we both really enjoy connecting people and bringing people together in the studio just allows you to do that. It just yeah. a whole nother level. Yeah, That's absolutely. exciting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, now I'm going to do a quick leadership round us. So Kelly, tell us, what is one practice that makes you a better leader? I would say, you know, I would say reading. Um, and again, back to this naive thing. Um, I, I was really naive when I left school and I thought, wow, great. Never have to read another book, never have to study another exam, never have to do anything again. Finished. Um, and, oh, I, I, reading has just opened up this world of really understanding how other people do things and taking the best bits from that person. That works for me. That doesn't work for me. That works. That has just, um, it's, it's been brilliant. Mm, that's a great segue to our next question, which is what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? 
I don't think this is necessarily woman um, focused, um, but the one book that I just finished and it was on Audible, I listened to it, um, was Life in Half a Second. And I think maybe less so from the leadership, but more so from the what is it that you want to do with your life? And the only person that's stopping you getting there is you. You can do it. It was absolutely fantastic I it's been one of the best books that I've listened to um in a very long time wow that's an endorsement I'll have to check that out what is your favorite healthy food I love a green juice in the morning um so every morning and, and more recently I've tried beetroot juice which I also like and if you'd said to me two or three years ago you're going to be an addict to these healthy juices I'd say no way but it really kind of sets me up for the day so I love it and what do you like to put in it? My green juice is ginger, one cucumber, apple, spinach, and a lemon. And the beetroot juice is um, one beetroot, um, one carrot, a little bit of ginger, a cucumber, and a lemon. Mm, okay, I'm going to check those out. Knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? I would have read earlier. Certainly that has opened up a whole um, inspiration ideas. But I wished I had got a better understanding of my accounts in the early days. I think that really held me up. And uh, I, I kind of just put my head in the sand and thought it would be really easy. And I wish I'd actually sat down. Someone had showed me exactly what to do um, because I think I spent things that I didn't need to spend. And I think when you've got that control of of your finances in terms of, you know, what's coming in, you know, what's going out. For example, just now, um, my VA told me about FreshBooks and I found I just wished I had seen that, you know, years ago because it's so easy to use um it's you know it's there I can see what I'm spending and I can do my own accounts I don't need to pay someone at the moment to do them for me so and I've got that control and I think I I let other people do it and I think when you do that and you're still a small business you you've, you've not got the you've got the understanding or the sense of control or the the spend power or that drive to earn more or really understand where you are. So that would be what I would change. I completely agree. I think whether you have a business or you're just dealing with your own personal finances, if you know what's coming in and what's going out, you're much more empowered to make yeah. choices for yourself that are going to help you get to where you're going. So that's huge. Okay, Kelly, before we say goodbye to you, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. I would go back to um, the one that, you know, I've had pretty much since the early days of business, which is life is too short to look just fine. Every day you should look divine. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> that one for a couple of reasons. One, um, it's true. People really, you know, I, I don't want people to think, oh, it's a superficial thing. It's about how much you spend on clothes. It's not. If everyone thinks how they feel when they wear something good, cost aside, just when you put on something that you feel great in, you can achieve so much more in your day. You're not pulling on it. You don't feel drained. It's not itchy. It's not small. It's, you know, when, when you don't have to think about that, I, I 
you you can do so much more and it's a it's a good energy to be in and people don't take that seriously enough they think it's a bit too oh you know you shouldn't really care it's about what's underneath that's more important and whilst that is true it's important as a person that you feel good and and that has been um our quote that quote has now gone on to our giving back in style bangles which we um raise money for the kiva organization and it's just kind of a little daily reminder you know always work with less in your wardrobe that you feel good and then work with twice the big wardrobe but you don't feel great in 50% of it. You know, I completely am aligned with everything you're saying because what came to mind while you were talking was when I was going through my coach training program and we would have several weekends where we would, you know, I would travel there, stay for the weekend, do the training, and I would take a lot of care in what I packed to go with me because I only wanted clothes and jewelry and shoes that made me feel calm and confident. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was definitely going for a certain mood for the weekend. I wasn't bringing party clothes. I wasn't bringing the super comfy clothes. I was bringing clothes that made me feel like I can do this and I could do it calmly. Um, so yes, I think, and you know, I've gotten away from that. I don't take as much care. I mean, I put some thought into what I'm wearing, but I really don't think about how do I want to feel while I'm wearing these clothes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I did a um, training course a couple of years ago and um, um, it was all about selling from stage and not teaching you how to public speak, but when you go to do presentations, how you can actually make money. It was it's really quite interesting. And on the first day, she said, the next two days when you come in here, I want you to come dressed as if you would when you're standing from stage. I want you to psychologically be in that mindset. And I thought, yeah, it's so true. You know, you feel different. So, And Kelly, lastly, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Oh, I'm on all avenues of social media and I love saying hi. <laughs> so whether that's Twitter, Kelly Loomberg, or through Instagram, Kelly Loomberg Official, Facebook, Kelly Loomberg Official. But if you're visiting Dubai and you want a shopping session or you want to come and see the studio or you're a designer interested in showcasing your collection, check us out at stylemedivine.com. And from the other aspect, you can just have a look and see what I'm doing. It's kellyloomberg.co. Love it. Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're oh. all better for having met you. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure. I love Kelly's energy and the thoughtfulness she is bringing to her business and her life these days is very inspiring. And you can find all the resources mentioned in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. Or if you love efficiency like I do, you can use the short link, which is womentl.com, and you'll find Kelly in the podcast tab. If you have a few moments and you're not driving, if you could head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for this episode, I would appreciate it it. Give me some feedback so I can get some insight into what you like and what you would like to see more of in the show. And it also enables others to find the show more easily. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. 
We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.